Welcome everyone to the Reflection Artist Live podcast hosted by myself, Justin Lobato. Set your calendars to tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time or 9 a.m. Pacific Time where I will be bringing you industry spotlight interviews live from my active detail shop or an industry event. So if you're curious about who is who and what is what in the detail industry, don't forget to subscribe and tune in every Wednesday for some of the most exclusive interviews. What's up, man? What's going on? Well, just got off a podcast and going back on a bio. This is so cool. I'm so excited. Yeah. Are you training today? No, no. We just had our podcast early. Just, just, just got done with ours about t- 10 minutes ago. Yeah, I forgot yours is <clears throat> right before when I do these when you have them. Yep. yep. So now we are heading out to uh, southern Utah. I'm going to go camp and go see my dad and go out there for a couple of days and then I'll be up in uh, Northern California for the grand opening of Stephen Chin's new store right next door to the headquarters. I'm oh, that's right. Yeah. So how, how's things going? Good. Good. I got a guy. Um, just got a text from Chris saying you're on your way wrapping up. Oh, <laughs> things are good. I got a guy that I uh, had come in on Friday that uh, we hired yesterday and so far so good. So oh, good. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm in the shop training, but um, that's okay. That's part of it, right? Right. Absolutely. It's going to take and make sure I'm all good here. Nobody's uh... okay. Cool. I'm going to turn the heat down so we got a little better audio. So two seconds. All right. All right. Um, so I don't know if you've had the opportunity because you're busy uh, to jump on any of the podcasts that I've done to know the flow of them. Yep. I have. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So basically, I just go in. We do them for 45 minutes to an hour. Sometimes it goes over. It's all good. I try to keep it PG-13, and um, I just try to get people to know who the guests are. Like That way, if people haven't had the opportunity to get to know them personally, their story, this is the platform that we're able to do that. And it's it's all freestyle of talk and conversation. So I try to get the history. Um, Obviously, you've been in the business, in the industry for, what, 35-plus years, right? Yeah. Yep. So try to, you know, as a introduction, I introduce who you are, where you come from as far as, you know, with the detail and success uh, training center. And then of course, being 35 plus years in the industry. And I give, you know, some of those bullet points out the gate. And then I just give the floor to you and just to say, Hey, how did it all start? We start and go into that. And then where it goes from there, um, we just take that direction and go with it. Yeah. So it's, so I'm doing the math in my head. So 43 years ago, I did my first detail for money. Oh, so 40, 40 plus 43 years. years ago, but, but hold on. Let me, let me, so that's loosely done. Cause it was a, it was a gig as it was a gig as a kid. Does that make okay. sense? And then um, we, I sold that company, you know, and, and left the detailing industry, but I still detailed, you know, I was really into Porsches 
uh, went into the window tinting industry, window covering industry. And then I, I actually officially launched in, in back into detailing in 98. So what's that? 24 years ago um, is when I came back. In and that the, would be more of the actual like in-depth industry side of it, right? Yeah. That's when I jumped in full and is, is, you know, it, it was, you know, we went from 98 uh, by the time that 2003 rolled around five years, we had six shops, you know? So we went, we went, I took my business experience, you know, and turned it into built, built the empire that we stand in today, you know? No, I love it. I love it. Um, just reading what Clint got from you. A lot of this stuff I know, I'm just trying to make sure that I, I articulate it the right way. Right. Yeah. We'll just have a conversation. Yeah. Don't make it harder than what it is. Jesus. Right. It's not our first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, it's not the way we did on video. Adam, you just have a you just have a discussion, you know. I'm excited to be coming up there in June or yeah. over there in June. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, they can get Robin too. Love to have her come up. I think that'd be powerful. You know. I mean it. Yeah. yeah. You wait till you see it. It's just it's cool. I mean, it's just we're gonna have a ball, dude. I mean, it's so just it's unreal where it's going. You know, yeah, I'm digging it big time. All right, um, <clears throat> we're almost on the minute. I try to get us launched on social media because we're this is more preliminary. Right, launched on social media right at twelve o'clock since it's uh, marketed for that. <clears throat> Other than that, it's been nice and warm here, so I've been able to enjoy that. <laughs> Finally, God, you know, well, it was nice when I was down there. You know, when I was down there last week, it was really nice. Yeah. That weekend was beautiful. Mobile tech was cold, but I hate to say it. I'm going to say three quarters of the mobile tech. It's like that. It's just been cold for mobile tech. You know, we just happened to run into it like that. So, but that weather one is down there. So I'm going over to Southern Utah. As soon as we're off with that, I got one more little call to do. And then I'm going to go camp in Southern Utah and see my dad, take one of my dogs with me and just escape for 24 to 48 hours. Nice. Nowhere, you know, campers loaded up and. All I got to do is put some water in it and some food and set out for a five hour drive. Nice. Hell yeah. And my dog. <laughs> Diane's not going? Nope. She's got stuff to do and she's got to take care of the horses. And it's, uh, you know, my, my dad's going to be 85. So I want to go oh, over. Wow. You know, I, I want to make sure I, we, we've had such a, having a relationship like this is new to us. And so I want to make sure I enjoy every, you know, every possible moment I can. No, absolutely. You know, so it's cool. It's cool. And I, I want to go camp. I just want to get out and I'm going to do some videos when I'm there. And I'm just going to, you know, it, that's what that thing's for is just escape, you know, to go out and get out of reality. And then I got to come home, get home either Thursday or Friday, Friday uh, and, and, and do a three, leave here at 3 a.m. And go up to Northern California for the grand opening. Come back. I'll be back here about nine o'clock that night. You know, so just a quick trip up and back. So it's been a it's been a crazy year, man. It's been awesome. Pace is definitely back to to 2019 level. <laughs> yeah, we're back in full swing of oh, yeah. travel and all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thankfully, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's a little like it was a slow drop off. Don't go nowhere. Stay home. Get yeah. comfortable. Then all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the space shuttle you know it's like yeah oh, you know yeah gosh yeah it's 
pretty well, much how it's been this year. going to get more now, dude. I mean, yours is you're going to go. <sighs> you're going to go hyperspeed. Just be careful with that schedule. You know. I'm trying to balance it as much as I can. I'm, yeah, I'm good, doing the best man. I can. Good man. You know, just do that because you got to watch that. You know, got to watch you. Gotta- yeah, I've, I've taken some sacrifices over the past couple of months. I think it was, I blame it on the holidays with going to the gym and, you know, that kicking in, you know, we lack it going to the gym during the holidays, right? Oh, yeah. And then January came and every uh, every weekend in January, I was traveling somewhere and it was yeah. not even. That's, so. that, that's how mine's been. It's got to get back in the rhythm. <clears throat> so um, it's, that's why I'm going to take this little escape while I've got it, you know? And yeah. It's all, all for the good. Yeah, I just got. I got to start running again. That's what gets my rhythm back. Then I can start running. I run. I run all the way down to the end of the shop and back. <laughs> I do a three mile run in my neighborhood. And I, I just. I put. Stuff. I put. I put about a five thousand dollar gym in here right now. It should be. Here. I remember you telling me about that. Like, yeah, the gyms are packed. So hey, here. better use it. You better freaking oh, use it. I got to build all this. Uh, stuff. My problem is I start running. I start getting the itch. I start getting in there. I start moving. Next thing you know, I'm getting blasted. They're getting blasted. I'm like, I want to compete. And then it's like, oh, shit, I can't put the time in to compete. So instead, I just stay there and I blast and get blasted. Next thing you know, I'm like getting bumps, bruises, and hurt. And then I'm like, wait a second, I'm going to be 40. Why am I doing this to myself? You're doing it. Keep it's getting the vicious keep, cycle keep I've been this. Keep getting uh, the bruises. It makes you tough, dude. Sir, don't 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 stop getting damaged. I I've been doing it since I was yeah, 18, 19. And yeah, thankfully it's just mm. okay. Let's get cracking here. Give me one second. Everybody's listening to our preliminary conversation. Don't worry, we didn't say anything industry-wise. No. <laughs> All right, give me one sec. <clears throat> okay so we are officially live this is reflection artist live episode number 64 and we have special guests with us well let me back up a little bit reflection artist live number 64 for march 2nd so that way it's documented properly however special guest with us the one and only and i give him a huge tribute to introduction unlike other guests because there is only one Mr. Rennie Doyle. Most of you know him. If you don't, um, you got to get out from underneath the rock you live under, especially if you're involved in the detail industry. You have to know who Rennie is. He's written a book. He's been in the industry for over 25 years at an industry level. He's been detailing for over 40 years, which was way back when things were like black and white. But I mean, it was, (laughs) he's been around for a while. Air Force One detailer, the detailer of Air Force One. I mean, there's a laundry list on his resume and he is giving back to the detail community at a level that really, I mean, there's people that are there, but at his level, it's just, it's, it's a whole nother ball game. So needless to say, I want to introduce Mr. Rennie Doyle and get his background story of how he got involved in the wonderful world of detailing. Hey, Justin, thanks, man. Pretty honored. First off, you know, to take and watch your journey. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, I got, I just get shivers all, all over me. Seriously, I do, because I just, 
it's pretty cool. I never dreamed that, you know, I would see, I would see a time in the industry that in detailing industry it would be to where it is so freaking fantastic. Simple to say it is just, I never imagined it in my career. I would see so many people kicking booty, you know, and, 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 and doing so well and building a life and building wealth. And so you're one of them as to see, you know, a guy like you coming up, you know, in his thirties and so successful, so happy and to have a family and, and all the things that go around with it and your own successes, man, I'm just honored. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I owe you a lot of credit for that, but we won't go down that rabbit hole because there's a lot to be said there. Yeah, well, <laughs> Positive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's all, you know, you, you're always so good in this. I just got off a, uh, another call and I, I was saying the same thing is that, you know, successful people always give credit and you're one of the ones that always gives such honor to the people that have helped you during your journey. Your journey has been your journey. It hasn't been mine. Um, it hasn't been like mine. There's some similarities to it, but that's all of successful journeys. But, you know, you continue to always give tribute. And that's the one thing that, it, you know, if I get across to younger, you know, doesn't matter all ages. Always get tribute to the people that help lift you up. And you're so good at that because I hear you say that to so many people and, and during your journey and during, you know, trainings and during speeches and during, you know, working at your shop is that you just do a great job of, of giving back to other people that have helped rise you up through the years, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's really cool to see. Yeah. Thank you. Just giving credit where credit is due, right? There you go. There you go. So it's an honor to be here. So how did it start for you, Ronnie? Give us the backstory for those that don't know. You know, Reader's Digest version, I grew up uh, about 38 miles from downtown Los Angeles. Uh, we grew up in a working class town. Uh, we, I didn't have a dad. Uh, my mom and grandma, I found out when I was 13, my, my grandma was on food stamps and welfare. Um, couldn't do a whole lot to get off the total system, but I did not want my grandma going to the store and have mm -hmm. to hand over food stamps. And so I happened to, I was really into bikes. Got a, a, a BMX bike over there. It's dear to my heart. I started out mobile with a bicycle. Um, then went from to, from that to a bicycle with a a, tr a little wagon behind me, and uh, I just started cleaning airplanes. Uh, I had Art Scholl was the guy that got me my very start. Next from there was Bill and Winnie Bartell, um, and I just went from job to job on my bicycle with about a twelve mile one way. So there's some Saturdays or Sundays I was riding. 24 miles round trip on a BMX bicycle uh, to go. And, and at that point, it really wasn't even the money. I was around aircraft. It was, I was around successful people. My thirst for success started to, to ignite by the people that I was around. Not uh, to mention, it's fun chopping it up on a BMX bike on your way to go do something. Oh, it was. <laughs> you know, I got real old. So my older brother's eight years older than me. And once I started making some money at it, I, I incorporated him into it and realized real quick, I'd give him 50% of the money because he'd come, you know, work with me, right? He was an electrician Monday through Friday. And on Saturday, Sunday, he'd go out and, and all the way up until about 10 years ago, he'd go out and help me on aircraft um, because he had a truck. And so we could, we, I, you know, I wasn't stupid. That bike, man, that was, a, I mean, 12 miles one way on a BMX bike sucked. Back then, <laughs> back then it didn't, but I mean, I couldn't, you know, my chubby butt, there's no way I could do that today. But, you know, it really got me around the right people. But mostly, you know, um, about a year later when I was almost 14, not quite 14, I was able to give enough money over to my grandma every month where she didn't have to use food stamps. You know, we we're still on welfare. You know, we we're still on 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 public um, 
uh, medical, you know. Um, and so, you know, we, we didn't have much, man. I mean, we didn't, but I always loved and um, I just, I loved detailing and I went in and started doing cars, you know, for the guys, I was, uh, uh, for the teams I was doing uh, aircraft with. And it just kept growing so much that in, um, in 86, I sold that company. It was called Spectrum Detailing because we did the full spectrum. You know, and, and, and I just found a business card from way back then in a flyer and I sold that company and I sold it for a significant amount, you know, almost, almost, it was 96,000 bucks. And I remember thinking, my God, I'm on my way to being a millionaire, you know, I mean, I, that was ungodly amount of money. I mean, especially back then. Um, but, you know, I invested it right and uh, I, I did the right things with it and uh, bought a, a car, a Porsche uh, that ignited another passion that still there's, you know, there's, there's a couple Porsches in our, we're blessed to have a couple in our, in our, in our barn, so to say. Um, but it really ignited a passion for automobiles, you know, that took me down a whole nother road. And uh, that's where it started. It started out very generic. It started very innocently and it started with no intentions other than I loved airplanes and I wanted to be around them. And I found the right people around me that wanted to help you know, saw some, some uh, value in me, you know, and it, I could have easily, man, I was going down. I had to go to a boys camp, you know, one summer, right in the midst of all this, because I got in a little trouble and they sent me to a work camp, which I loved. I volunteered to stay another week uh, because I loved the discipline. You know, I didn't have quite yeah. enough discipline at home. Um, and, um, you know, my grandma was pretty burned out from what she had, you know, been forced to face with us. Uh, always took care of us. My mom was, you know, pretty burned out. And I, I just, I needed a man to beat my ass and I got it at that camp, you know, and, uh, it was, uh, it was a real eye opener and between detailing and entrepreneurship and sports and, and then going to that camp and, you know, a cop seeing, seeing me go down the wrong road and getting a hold of me and, and basically pulling me off the wall. I could have gone that way on the wall, but instead somebody pulled me this way and, uh, thank God, you know, thank God it happened that way. So once, um, once you got past that stage in your life and you started to see the green to say the, the money and the, and the potential, and then you did have these opportunities, you know, you know where did you have, I mean, you did have that first shop, your first official shop, right? Was in Boise. Am I correct? No, we, so, you know, going back, we went into the window tending industry after oh, that's right. The yeah, so we went into the window tending and window covering business. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a shop in, in Grand Terrace, California, a uh, little, little town right next to where I grew up. Uh, it was kind of the upper end back then. It was it was a nicer neighborhood. Uh, we did work all over Southern California. And um, I took and sold that operation and decided to go to work for a, a corporation. I had didn't have any big numbers. I was kind of I was kind of I was kind of burned out. I'd gone through a divorce with my first wife, which was my business partner, and we're still really good friends. We didn't have kids or anything, but you know, I was kind of, you know, both of us were hurt and we were stupid with each other and you know, we unneededly hurt each other and uh, emotionally, you know, and, and not physically. But, um, you know, I just to a point to where I've been an entrepreneur, but I didn't have any I hadn't seen millions. I'd seen hundreds. You know, I hadn't seen millions. And so I went in and spent five years in corporate America and, and ran a division that was doing about 12 million dollars a year and in, in revenue. And that really was that was really before, I, you know, with the first detailing business, man, I was lucky. I really was. I had a great personality as a kid. I was a special ed kid. Um, I always, you know, I was teased. Uh, I grew up in a tough town where, you know, I'm not a real big guy. Um, I had to, I'd gotten a lot of brawls, you know, so it made me tough. I uh, played football, was not, I'm athletic, but I wasn't, 
I wasn't big enough to be playing where I was playing, but I, I played, you know, and I handled it. So I was always kind of the underdog. And um, it finally, I started becoming the top dog. You know, I started believing in myself. I got out of my own way. But that first detailing business, I really lucked out. I, I built a relation. I built relationships. I didn't build a business. I built a relationship and the competition wanted those relationships. So they bought it from me. Um, by the time that I sold my, you know, my second business, the window covering business, I'd, I'd become an entrepreneur, but I was still green in the fact that I just didn't have that big money. And those five years I spent with corporate America were really the, the, the four years was great. The last year I had the entrepreneur itch, man. I just didn't like, you know, somebody ringing the bell for me. I didn't like being on a hamster wheel. I didn't like, you know, I didn't like the, the, uh, the regiment, even though, you know, I'm a search and rescue guy and a military guy in the business side of it is that I, I really thirst to take and, and call my own shots and to build my own future. What age were you at that point? <clears throat> that I, last year, that five year stretch, I was uh, 30. And so okay. I was 31. And so, so when I, when even left, at 30, 31, just to point out, there's still that maturity of, of business, right? Mentally, yeah. you know, even though you've got insight and learned a lot and did a good portion up to 30, there was still that that curve that you had, that you were still hungry and learning more and getting more out of it. And there oh, was still yeah. a lot more to get. Oh, yeah. Really, you know, even, I, you know, I've told the story many times of Carol Shelby, even at nearly 40, you know, Carol Shelby, you know, I, I got a, a three minute conversation. I didn't know Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby wouldn't remember my face or my name, you know, the rest of his life. But he did say some, you know, important things to me. And one of the things he said was really up until you're 40, you're really just you're really you're you're honing in things. You're practicing is you go from being an apprentice to a journeyman. You go from being a journeyman to to a master journeyman. Then you start becoming a master and you start learning how to take your art and tie it with profits. And that's what started happening, you know, is that I was still honing in my skills I was making a living. I was buying houses. I was buying things. I was very successful. Making investments. Yeah. Investments and, and, <clears throat> and everything else, even in my, you know, my twenties and thirties, my twenties, I had it a lot more together than my thirties, believe it or not. And the reason why is my twenties was just like a lot of people gave their twenties away. I didn't, I gave my thirties away. Um, and what I mean by that is that when I was in my twenties, I was really, I made as much money as I did in my thirties practically because I lived so simple. You know, I bought a house for cash. Um, I had a fancy little car, but I bought it for cash. And I just lived life, man. I was working out. I was, I was powerlifting. I was, I was skiing all over North America. Um, I was, I was, I was on search and rescue. I would just, God, I was flying. I was doing all these cool things and I constantly paid myself. So I'd say, okay, I'm going to go out and work hard for two weeks. Then I'm going to take a week off. Then I'm going to go out and I'm going to work hard for a month and a half. Or I'm going to work all summer long. And I'm going to take three weeks and go to Hawaii, you know, go dive. And, and I really, the reason why I was so successful in my twenties up until 30 was I was honestly happy. Uh, I didn't overwork and I was magnetic, meaning that my best friend, Rich, he called me the Midas touch. You know, every time I took, every time I turned, I touched something, it was turning, wasn't to gold, it was turning to silver, but I was okay with silver because I had a great lifestyle. And then I got into my thirties and I wanted to turn everything into gold. I had, you know, kids came into the picture, not having a dad, not growing up with a bunch. I kind of had the wrong ideals. I went to work hard to give my family, a, you know, a fancy house and fancy stuff. And I really, I damaged myself. Um, I damaged them. 
Um, I damaged everybody around me because I wasn't happy because I went from this life of, of, of fulfillment to a life where I gave up my inner soul. And even though I was building a, an empire, I'm standing in what we built the foundation on at that time. Deep down, I was miserable. I was miserable because I'd given up. I was aiming at what I thought happiness and success in life meant. And I'd just given it up. And it had nothing to do with my wife. It had nothing to do with my kids. My heart was telling me one thing. My mind was, 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 was winning the battle. And it really set me back more than it, it, it pushed me ahead. All that hard work and overwork did nothing but physically and mentally beat me up. I've seen some horrific things, you know, in my time in the, in the, in the service uh, now in the State Guard here in California. And search and rescue even more. I mean, just horrific things that most humans should not ever be able to see. And I'm honored to be able to take those, those, those debts on me because I can do it. The damage I did from the financial side of it and the overworking side far outweighs that. And that's why I always try to tell you know, people, I don't care what age you are, if you're 20 going into business or if you're 100, is that, man, you can't damage yourself. Because I did, and, and it, I'm going to pay the price for that the rest of my life. Yeah, and that's why you preach so much in regards to work-life balance kind of scenario because coming from that yourself, and you don't, I and I do it now myself. I don't. I I went down that path, and obviously you helped change that for me that path. But right. experiencing it and then learning from it and then trying to preach it to other people, some people they get it, they pick up on it, and other people they're just they don't see it at the moment. You know, it's, it's a time and point in their life that it's just not registering. And sometimes it takes them dragging their knees quite a bit to understand that and be like, damn, I wish I would have listened sooner. Yeah. And let's be honest. Some people just don't have the mental fortitude to pull out of it is that they, yeah. their, their, their experience with self, self, uh, self-preservation and self uh, entrepreneurship is gone because they did so much damage that they just go back to a, a paycheck and, and it, and it, it ruins the journey. Um, and, and, and I hate to say that, but it, it's, it's dead truth because is not everybody's cut out for this. You know, it's, it's not an easy thing. Just like everybody's not cut out to go to the military. Everybody's not taken and, and made to take in and, and, and go into um, survival mode and making it work. And so it's as simple as that, you, you know, once you do that damage, Good luck getting it back out. So, yeah. you know. So as far as going into after tent and getting back into the industry, is that is that going into the the, the Boise stage where you had that shop? Sun Valley, Idaho. So you That's know, what it was. sorry. Out, yeah, we started out and again. I went into another opportunity where I had invested with somebody close to me, and uh, things just didn't work out. You know, I invested a lot of money, about a half million dollars, and. Um, and it got, it, it, it was dumb on my part. It's nobody else's fault but mine. Uh, but it, you know, kind of got hosed on that. Uh, self-hosing is what I call it, you know, because the writing was on the wall before I even gave the money out, that it just wasn't going to go good. But I wanted, it was a risk, right? And so that part kind of set me in. It started a, a vicious cycle is that, you know, I was, I went from an executive to still being, you know, is at that time I was gam- I was I was playing gambling in real estate. Um, I I'd gone into another industry, was helping develop. You know, on the development side of things, uh, there was a lot of upside to it. So you know, I rolled the dice and uh, 
and it's like going to Vegas. Uh, the odds were in their favor, and, and I lost. The, what I learned from that was huge. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, because immediately when we started back into detailing in Sun Valley, A, Sun Valley, Idaho is much more like, like I live now. It's a ski town, uh, central, central mountains of Idaho. Um, it's in the Rockies, and it's cold, and, uh, but it's wealthy. And I, at that time, told Diane, I can go back. My old company wanted me back. I could crawl back to them. Uh, or we could sit on our knees for a little while, and I could pay the price and get back into what I really love. And I was detailing. The entry price was pretty low. A lot of reason, you know, same reasons people can jump into this. I could get back into it for a relatively, you know, low investment. But I also said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to take everything I've learned from running a, a $12 million a, a year division of a, a major company, and I'm going to bring it into detailing. I'm going to bring in experience. I'm going to bring in the relationships. I'm going to bring in the finances. And we did. And uh, we went from 98 of having, you know, one little mobile operation to by 2003, six shops across the country, you know, all the way to Destin, wow. Florida, you know, and so we turn it around, but with that, it sounds fancy, right? I screwed myself up, Justin, is that I broke myself because I overworked and I thought bigger was better and I wasn't watching my numbers and I was overstressed and I was overworked and I was just, I, I got angry. I got bitter because I didn't remember those, those, those play years in my twenties, just six years before that, five years before that, I was having such a ball and now I wasn't, I wouldn't fit. I gave up my fitness somewhat, not totally, but um, I gave up my, I gave up a lot of my passions and myself and it was nobody else's problem, but mine, I allowed people to maybe not deliver in my life and put, keep stacking things on me. I allowed that to happen. Um, I didn't cry out enough. I thought I was tough enough to take it on. I've been tough enough to take on the gangs, you know, growing up in fights. I've been tough enough to make it through a football program that was for much bigger guys than what I was. Um, I had taken and beat the odds and sold a company. Um, I beat the odds and was no longer a special needs kid. I, you know, I've got a, I've got a bachelor's and a master's degree. Um, I beat all these odds, but what I wasn't beating was I didn't beat the self-abuse that I applied to myself. I lost. Yeah. That's a, that's a different category. It's a different ball game. All those things that add up to make you motivated to think you could just push through it. Right. That wall that's in front of you, that you're just going to bulldoze through and, yeah. Instead, you're you're beating, but you're beating yourself down, and you don't see that. It's the reverb of the beat, right? You're beating, you're beating, and then you don't realize that your shoulders and everything start to break down during that oh, process. Yeah. You know, we we started up another company. We start. We've owned several, in, you know, companies in uh, uh, in different industries. And and in '01, we started another company up. By '05, we'd sold that company for a significant amount of money. And on the outside, you know, I had we built the big house. We had the investments. We had the toys. We had everything going except I was miserable because I'd given up so much of me. And it's like, you know, today we're talking before we started, I'm heading out right after this loading up my overland rig and me and one of my dogs are going to go out to Southern Utah for just 24 to 48 hours. And I'm going to go give myself some peace. And I wasn't giving myself, I was give, giving and it ended up what, what was a good intention and this is not easy to talk about, you know, it's not, um, but it is, that makes sense. Cause I'm not a weak person. I'm a strong person. Everything I thought I was giving to the people around me, I was letting them in some ways. I, 
I had abused myself and there I was, I was bitter. So I got angry. What happens when you're bitter? Man, that comes out in every way. Came out with my kids, you know, so I was a little tougher on my kids than I should have been. I was I'm tough on me. I'm tough on everybody around you. Chris works with me every day. I got high demands. I don't micromanage. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't take in. Chris and I work very good together. A uh, couple people have had to straighten me out. Jim Gogan had to straighten me out one day. I got very upset at Diane at a, at a show. And he goes, Hey man, you need to mellow out, you know? And I did, you know, not many people will reach out to me, but it, it was even during a time where I was still, that bitterness was coming out and it was for one purpose. I had the money, you know, I, I had, I, I was, a, I was worth over a million dollars at that point. You know, I had a net worth over a million dollars. I had the success. I had a little bit of five minutes of fame. People knew who I was when I went to events. Um, I had successful companies that were bringing in money, um, but I didn't have me. And it made me really angry. And, and I, maybe some other people, I, I see other men and I know they're stronger than me. You know, I'm just showing you as a weakness because I'm so driven and I demand so much of myself that I, I held that same demands on other people. That's not possible. And the biggest thing to happen is I wasn't getting the joy that I worked so hard out of. I felt I was giving other people joy and buying stuff. But in reality, they didn't want that stress. They, they wanted simplicity and go camping. You know, they wanted me to be stress free. Well, some people didn't own up to their part of the bargain either. It's not just me, you know? Yeah. You know, it's not just me. It's the people around you. But you've got to be honest with those people around you, how you're feeling. And I'm being a strong man, you know, oh, I'm macho. I hold it all in. And it just kept breaking me worse and worse and worse. And so, you know, I, I see these people grinding it, grinding it, grinding it, grinding it, grinding it. And it makes me bite my fingernails off, you know, because I just, I know what's coming if they don't straighten out. Now, maybe some of them won't, but I'll tell you this, if you're doing that and you're not taking, you know, I had a thyroid issue that popped up two and a half years ago. Whoo. First time I've ever been damaged by anything physically, you know, and it's going to happen. What was that from? Probably the stress, probably the stress. You don't get sleep. It's going to come out eventually. You don't, you don't eat right. It's going to come out eventually. You don't work out on a regular basis. going to come out eventually. You don't get me time and quiet time and downtime just to yourself. Listen, you're a father about ready to become a father again. Your kids are important, but if you're not right, you can't be right for your kids. If you're not right, you can't be right for your spouse. If your spouse isn't right to you and supporting you in the right ways that you need to be supported, you're both broken and you break everybody around you. And so, you know, it's, you can't start that, that, those gears going in the wrong direction. And the second that you're honest with yourself, I was honest deep down. I just didn't tell anybody, but guess what? They're seeing it come out. I had friends of mine that watched me change, you know, that watched me go from having fun to having fun every once in a while. And that just, that's not, that's not cool. Yeah. That, <clears throat> I, if, if, I think everybody can relate to that. You know, there's, there's at some level with everybody, every, with all of the, of the people that are in business detail and whatever it may be, there's definitely some kind of relation back because we all bust our ass and work hard. And there's that inner person that I'm sure each of you are like, Hey, wow. That, yeah. I got to listen yeah. to that. And I honestly think I took it to an extreme. Now let's flash forward. There's been pockets to where in the last, really the last decade, uh, you know, is, is 2011. I sought out some, some counseling is that as a real low spot that really started a, 
a cascade of positiveness. You know, I started regaining and, and, and what's happened now is that I say no real easy is that I've got my limits and I've had to take in, in, you know, a, I, while I was successful, I also held myself back because deep down that, 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 that poor kid, you know, that was, was, uh, not too sure of himself that was told he was, you know, partially retarded because they didn't know what ADD was all these downers that I had going on kind of sat there in my brain and talked to me a little bit. And so I always tell myself, listen, it's not what you could have been. It's what you're going to be and what you're going to teach other people to be. And, and, and I've had that real, that mentality for about 10 or 11 years. And it's just catapulted my life. It's catapulted my career. It's catapulted my my even I mean, I'm 55 years old and I've got a, a thyroid disorder. I can still go in and lay down three, three plates on a, on a bench press. So it's 315 pounds without any keepers. Um, I can still go out and hike like mad. I can still go out and do the things even at nearly 56 years old. So I've been able to keep regain, especially the last two years, you know, some of my fitness and it's going to just keep getting better. I'm not going to get in worse shape. I'm going to get in better shape. We're talking before you came on, keep getting bruised, keep getting cuts, you know, I'm going to go do hardcore mountaineering this summer with a buddy of mine. I'm going to get bruised up. I'm going to get damaged. Might even get hurt a little bit. You know, that's okay. Is But, you know, once I made the conscious decision to make myself healthy, everybody else around me, I've been far greater to live with and live around. Uh, My success financially has increased tenfold the last, you know, 12 years, 13 years. Um, Is my, my, my self-worth. I'm, I'm, I'm worth more to me. Um, and then I can truly be better off to other people by telling them my experiences. So they don't go down those, those dark alleys and they're, or at least they don't go down by themselves is that they've got here, you know? And so, you know, now that we flip that over those dark, it was a very, it was a 10 year period, but unfortunately it was a pretty important decade, you know, of my life. So if I could reach out to somebody that's young or maybe even my age or older, that's going through those things, just stop. You got to stop the train and you got to slam the brakes on and, assume, and, and go get a little help. You know, that therapy really helped me a lot. I read a tremendous amount and I try to keep my brain. I sleep those periods didn't sleep real well. Now ask me how I sleep, man. I let my head down to the pillow. I'm out. You know, I am completely out. Um, I have got the most intense schedule six hours a day. I do more in six hours than what most people do in 10 is because it's just back to back to back, but there's times I can't fit any more in. And so I know I've got to get to the gym and work out. That's why I'm putting a gym in here now. I know I got to spend time with my wife, with Darren, because you know, we got a 17 year old home. I know I have to spend time with me. I spend anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes a day walking with my dogs, just something simple like that all from him. And then I spend usually about five hours, four or five hours a week with my horse with Diane and I with our horses. And then now I go out. So I've, I've got planned escapes, you know, and planned pre predestined. It doesn't need to cost a lot of money. You go on a truck and old, you can have a 1979 Chevy truck and sleep in the back with an air mattress and go have a ball. You don't need to spend any money. You can go to, to you can go, you know, you're a fighter, you're a boxer. You can go to the gym and have a workout. You can go on the run and go sweat it out. That doesn't cost much. Pair, no. cost a pair of sweats. And so there, you know, coming through the journey, there's the dark side a lot of people won't tell you about. They always give you the glorious side. Yeah. The, the, the sunny side. 
But you know, as much as we have on personal relationships, you're going to have people that struggle in your life. You're going to have struggles with other people. And you've got to have the, the fortitude and the health, both physically and mentally, to get through those times and still smile. 100% agree. Now, with that gap, and I keep saying Boise, but it's I know it's Sun Valley, and I think it's because the whole thing with Idaho, I think Sydney, right? Yeah, right, the right. Ride company. Right. Um, but in Sun Valley, you ended up um, selling that, right? And that was that operation at that point, because I feel like that's a that's the good information to let people know it that that year. What what year was that that you sold? We sold in two thousand end of two thousand ten. So two thousand eleven was the first year that I didn't operate a shop in a long time. You know. Because training had taken off. I was a spokesperson for, for Flex Tools. Uh, I had had a, just ended a 10-year a uh, relationship with Shell Oil. Um, and so it was just, you know, the training was really going a whole new direction. Now, um, Shell, not to cut you off, but Shell, that, that on the detail side, what brands was that? So people are more familiar. So this is pretty cool. And it's going back. I'm looking at one of their original kits right now. And Diane's, we got a kind of a, a museum started up. It was called Flight Jacket. It was Aeroshell Flight Jacket. It was an aircraft detailing line that we cr- we created, co-created with Shell Oil back in the late 90s. 99, I started working on that, on that project. So it was 11 years. And it was just a, a cool run. I, I went all over the all over the country, all over the world with them. Uh, was their detailer, their spokesperson, spoke at all the big events. And that I, wasn't a normal category during those years at all. No, no. And that was, you know, that was a that was a seven-figure contract, you know, over those years. Wow. And, and so, you know, I always looked for multiple streams of income. You know, my, my mentors, even back then, even, you know, working class mentors is so many of them, you know, I had some, I had some rich people, a business we created in Sun Valley, uh, Idaho, which if you guys don't know anything about Sun Valley, go Google it and it will blow you away. But, you know, we, we had some amazing, you know, very rich, you know, um, household names that we dealt with that I got stuff off of, but really the people I got the most out of were other blue collar people like myself, uh, Walt Monique, they owned a, a pasta manufacturing company, you know, Italian background, you know, um, we just, I worked with them, Winnie and Bill Bartell, uh, Becky, my ex-wife, uh, you know, we're, we still throw business ideas off each other. My wife, Diane is the key, but I had all these people that built me up and gave me information and it really readied me for the big leagues because you look at the businesses that we own, you know, that shop in Sun Valley was at its, at its height did $1.3 million out of a 1200 square foot shop. That was That's before. Big. Yeah. We didn't do, we didn't do paint protection film. Uh, we didn't do, co- we did coatings. We were at the, we, we started there doing coatings in 04. Um, but it, it really, you know, 05, 06, 07, 08 hit that shop pretty good, you know, as it did a lot of places, but we kept on ticking. Uh, Jorge that ran our shop was just here last year and trained. Uh, we keep in contact with him. But that shop was instrumental. In 07, I sold off most of them. I, I figured out we franchised the attention to details, logo, and name. So we franchised it. And I sold um, three franchises, and I was partners on two others. And I figured out really quick, this is kind of being premature, a, I was about $250,000 shy on really what I needed in the bank to run a successful um, franchise, you know, offer. And then B, I needed another person, a high-level person that was a, a, a buffer between me and the, and the locations. Because what was happening is my phone was ringing off the hook 24-7. Oh. And when you sell a franchise, they have a, they, you're going to be everything to them. 
And so I quickly realized I didn't have enough money um, and I didn't have enough time. And I started selling those operations off. We stopped franchising 05. I started training instead. And there we go. Here we are today. And that so was a year shy of where the mafia started, right? The idea I, of that. Yeah, that was, yeah, 06. You know, this logo started kind of popping up lightly, you know, and we had a we had a coffee company at the Pacific Northwest, you know, that had the uh, Dutch Brothers Coffee, had the, the the Dutch Mafia. And I went through there one day and I saw that and um, I was in an interview and it, it, somebody called us the Detail Mafia. And I went, Dutch Mafia, Detail Mafia, let's go. Done. <laughs> and uh, it just launched it. And, you know, my grandpa was a made guy in the, the Dipolito family here in Southern California, you know, so he was a a capo in in the italian mafia and um some people wouldn't be proud of that um it's kind of cool you know i mean there's there's a lot about my my family i learned later i've had to call them when i was younger and cause some issues i had to they had to get me out of trouble you know and uh, keep me out of trouble with the wrong guys so but you know yeah it's been an amazing ride and and you know i learned and and you know Cheryl shelby go back to that conversation if you don't mind for a second i was probably i think i was 38 or 39 when it came across to him at SEMA, which just seems like, I mean, it was, I was your age, what you are right now. 39. Yeah. Yeah. And technically I didn't know it that same year I'd become a millionaire. My net worth was a million dollars. And when I talked to Carol Shelby, I had no idea, you know, it wasn't until about a month or two later that our accountant said, Hey, you know, you got a net worth of, you know, well over a million dollars. And I was like, Holy shit. You know, I think it was like 1.3 million. And, um, I remember him telling me, I told him, I said, man, I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm a little spooked. I don't know if I'm really where I need to be or should be. And he put his, he's a big dude. He put his hands on my shoulder. He goes, son, how old are you? And this is going to be inappropriate, but because I was diagnosed as being partially retarded, I can say the word. I don't mean it rude, but he looked at me. And again, it's his error. Also, he goes, son, you're still retarded. He says, here's why is you're just getting in. You're not even 40 yet. You need to go through and you're going to learn really what you're about, what business is about in your 40s. and 50s, you're going to start cranking out the money. Your 60s, it's going to be a money-making machine. At 70, you're going to wish you were 50 again. And, and poof, he was gone. He was out of my life. But I had that one time, you know, that he wow. said that to me. And I'll, I'll tell you, it, it was exactly true. At that point, I was starting to get to the healing process where I knew I was broken. Hadn't really admitted it to anybody else yet, you know. But I knew I was going down a road I didn't like. It got a little worse for about another four or five years, and then it turned around. I opened up and started telling my family, I can't do this no more. You know, I started, you know, the bitterness didn't go away. The anger didn't go away. The, the overstress didn't go away. The sleepless nights didn't go away. But what happened is I started getting healthier and healthier again. And I realized what Carol said. By the time that I did, into my, in, you know, go, go, get well into my 40s, some cool shit started happening, you know. And and it's it's absolutely what Carol Shelby said all those years ago, you know. Um, it's absolutely true. You know, 15 years ago, what he said is that it's just, man, and a lot of young people, you can do it younger than that. Look at you. I mean, I want, I want young people, and it's not the money. The money when you're blue collar is going to come. It's going to take time to build up your wealth. But I guarantee you this, if you spend right and you save right and you earn right, you're going to become a millionaire. It might take you 20 years. It might take you 30 years, but you're going to do it. You just got to do it right. Take your time, build up, and have a good life until then. Is don't make that your main pr priority. Now, if you want to go out and be a millionaire, billionaire, that can happen too. In this industry, it's going to be a little harder. But you can do what we did and go invest. You've done it. You've invested in other companies and other ventures and so forth. 
is that there's other ways that to, to, you can you can make your money make money. And you've yeah. got to be looking for those things. But the key to it is to stay healthy, stay happy. Know you're going to get there. Always plan for it and bring others along the journey. Most of the people are not. They're going to stab you in the back. Is that is most people are going to take <laughs> want to go on the ride with you. But what they won't tell you is they really want to be in front of you. Yeah, they're waiting to push you off the ride. Oh, yeah. When's the opportunity? Yeah. When, when are we going to make that turn that I can just go, mm. Absolutely. And so realize that most of the people that are going to go with you are going to have that mentality, and you'll see it. You'll, 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 you'll see it. It might take a, a while, but you'll see it. And, and that's why I gave you tribute in the beginning, because as you're buckled down, if my seatbelt comes undone and we're on that roller coaster, I have no doubt that Justin Lobato is going to reach over with his pretty big arms. He's going to hold me in until he can help me get – seat belted back up and that might even help you snap it in that's exactly it and and a little adjustment that's it (laughs) it's okay hey the true the true entrepreneurial the people that really want to move you ahead that's what they're going to do and you're going to have bumps you know the setback with my thyroid man was like i said first time and i've been probably suffering from it for 10 years just didn't know it you know and it finally came to a head and you know it you're gonna we're all gonna you know face things is is you know i lost my mom uh, holy shoot, you want to talk about something, whoo, lost my grandma, lost my mom. It just, man, it was like, wow, bam, you talk about a baseball bat to the head. Is that, and then COVID happens just, you know, months later. Yeah. You know, it was like, it was just, it was just a lot of hits. But you know what? I got to tell you, through those struggles and hard times is you, you, you take and you keep your mind right and you keep your faith right and you keep your friends right. There's challenges going on right now in my life. I'm going to go out tonight and deal with that out in the wilderness. That's my escape. You deal with those things. You keep charging ahead. And unfortunately, it's going to mean that some people are, are, aren't going to be on that journey with you. No. They might be there for the ride, but you got to adjust yourself and know you got to take the emotions out of it. You've taught me that saying. You got to take the emotions out of it sometimes, and it's business. And unfortunately, you're going to have those decisions. But you know what? Keep smiling because you brought you've made an impact on a lot of people's lives. That's when you when you get successful, is that that's what you want to be able to say, is that I've made a positive. Even with even with the stuff that I've struggled with, I've made a positive in in, in some people's lives that care to go on the journey with you. A lot of them aren't. A lot of them are going to want to cut. You got to remember, man, you're you are a top fuel dragster when you're performing at the top levels is that some people are a Nissan GTR or Ferrari. They can't get down that track as fast as you as a top field dragster. They just can't. And especially if they're going to be a high-performance vehicle and they're going to go into the curves. Once you get in the curves, man, that dragster is no good, you know, and you're going to throw curves. So you got to take it. At, at the beginning, I was that heart, you know, that dragster. Then, then I had to teach myself, shit, this dragster doesn't handle curves very well, you know, and I kind of grenade it. And then yeah. I had to get in and, and I'm a performance car now, man. You know, I'm that, you know, I might be older, you know, I'm that <laughs> Cadillac seat, that, that CT5 Blackwing <laughs> that we talked about, you know, um, I'm not the Ferrari, but I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be a Ferrari. So I'll take the caddy. Well, all the these, all these life experiences have obviously bloomed into so many great things, negative, positive, it's all learning curves. Right. But absolutely. What, what really is what I like what's current today, right? With the detail and success knowledge and training center with where we're at now. And, and so many great people who have, you've been able to mentor, train and bring through the reins of, of the industry. But most of all, you know, I want to talk about a lot of what there's some 
um, distortion about the name in regards to the detail mafia, the direction, the purpose, the idea behind it. So people have a lot more clarity because I know with being part of the group since 2014, there's there's definitely been some shade thrown on the name. And I don't say as a negative, but just more of a, I don't know the name. I don't know the group that, that there's a certain way they come off. So elaborate on that in that direction. So people understand the value behind that in the group. Let me, let me lead in with this. And then I'm going to go back with it. This group, the mafia, probably, I don't think there's another group of professionals in any industry that are willing to give the, to those that are, are beat up and needy. Um, I've watched this group and it's all people that I've, have come through our five day training. You know, they're all members. They're all vetted that way. And, you know, it's, we, there, there's one individual in the group that's an outstanding individual. Him and I don't see eye to eye. Our personalities conflict. I've got so much admiration for this person that nobody in the group knows that him and I really kind of butt heads a little bit, but we admire each other as people and as souls so much that we would never damage each other. But yet we're so different that, you know, we can admit it. So the group is that when we have people in need, honest people, you know, in need within the group, they will bend over backwards to help each other. Um, now let's go back to the, 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 the beginning of the mafia. Let's go back to 2006, 2007. We're a different industry. The industry uh, threw fist real quick. And there was a lot of uh, negativity going down in the industry towards each other. Our group was, we were tough individuals. A lot of us former military, a lot of us former law enforcement, a lot of us former uh, 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 firefighters, a lot of us uh, have a background where we spent some time in jail. I say we, you know, because we as a group are combined. Now, what's ironic is you've got somebody that spent time in jail with somebody that was a police officer that our best friend is in the group. How cool is that? Yeah. And so we come from a very mm -hmm. background. So in the early days, we kind of earned that dark reputation. We did take shit. And if somebody started shit with us, we handed it to them back pretty hard. Since then, A, we as a group have matured. We had to, right? Um, we've gotten older. Um, and then also to credit of the, the industry's changed a lot. And so we've gotten more sophisticated as the industry's gotten more sophisticated. So the mafia these days, you know, we've got a big plan for this fall. I won't go into it right now. But we're going to lead the way, not be part of it. We need the whole industry to stand behind us. But we're going to organize it. And, you know, the group does a lot. We do charitable events. Um, we do Scotty up the main leads a group where we go through every uh, every Christmas and we work with uh, veterans and we we kind of do a makeover on their vehicle and operation sleigh ride or sleigh shine. Yep. Sleigh shine. Yeah. So we do that every year and we give, you know, thousands of dollars to at each location. We do it nationwide, you know, and, and Scotty's got big plans for that. We've got a couple of other things that we want to do. Um, you know, we've got, we've got, it's unreal. Some major networks that have come after us to, to do, you know, shows about us. Um, you've been part of that. I went down and filmed undercover billionaire uh, was a part of that we're just we want to say and here's the cool thing is that be all oh, your egos no you know what we did let me tell you it just happened for the third time we turned down a show for the third time you know why didn't paint the industry like we wanted to paint it we could have all gone out and made money off of this probably made some fame on our way a few of the shops we turned it down because we didn't like the picture it painted for the detailing industry and so that's what the mafia has become is we're just a group that happen to be vetted, that have a name that was developed. Do I regret it? No, man, it's a, it's cool. It's part of, again, part of my history. Go in and 
you can you can you can take and and find my grandpa you know on google uh by by finding him you know i, I probably won't share that information uh, in general because it it's it's gramps did have a you know he had a background you know with organized crime but it's it's there but we've turned it into a positive and not a negative it was oh, yeah. never meant to be a negative no we, when we got hit we'd hit back now well, we get egos it's not it's not egos. It's you've been able to bring confidence to the table for these individuals. So many introverts, so many people who weren't confident in business and detailing, you've just been able to bring that out of them. Right. And Absolutely. that turned into that confidence. And there is a thin line between confidence and cocky, but knowing the difference is what makes a difference. Absolutely. Hey, you know, there's going to always be individuals that, you know, I just watched some hate go down on, on one of the, I, I don't belong to hardly any groups, but Somebody tagged me in some hate that was going on. And I just went in professionally and had nothing to do with art. It was, an, it was another brand, but they wanted my input. And I just went in and gave really po positive input. But my suggestion was to the group operators, go, go ban that person and delete the post. It, it's just, so I've gotten to the point now when I get somebody that just, first off, if you've got, if you've got the arrogance to go in and be rude, in, in a public forum, I, I don't have time for you. You know, I really don't. The code of ethics that we've got within the mafia is insane, is that to be a part of this, and it's not rules, we don't rule our group. Yeah, we do. It's like an association, it's like the IDA. Our rules are a lot stricter than that. Well, First I tell people, if they are an association, the mafia is an organization. That's it. And so you've got to conduct yourself in a manner that is professional. The other thing is we support the IDA. Uh, to become a master, oh, yeah. and you've got to be IDA certified, and you've got you all gone through. You've got to continue your continued education. Is that you know? My last last year, I had conversations with the bulk of the group, off and on throughout the year. We've got twenty something odd millionaires, you know, in the group. That's not bragging. That's because it's taken. You know, we we're very serious about business. Um, we don't. I was just called out. One of the members. I got flustered in a post. Um, earlier right at the beginning of the year and some idiot sent me some stuff online that was going on and man i got mad i said some things that weren't right you know i went out in public and whoo one of our members called me on the carpet i went in and deleted one and then altered the other one and straight myself out matter of fact you know i've turned i won't even one of my goals is it, i have a i have a goal that i set for myself not a new year's resolution but i've got a goal and i'm i'm being very successful at this goal and it's a very simple goal i don't share with anybody because I want to wait until people see it in me. It's a change I made within me that I didn't like about me. And that really, that was, I, I, I just, I like being called out when I do something wrong. A lot of people don't think so. But what a lot of people don't realize is when they call out other people, they don't own their shit either. That's what I don't stand for. You're going to call me out. You better be right to own your shit too. And so you know, you've called me out. You, you'll hold me accountable. It's not calling me out. It's holding me accountable. Jim Gogan definitely has, you know, Bobby, yeah. Bobby points said up in, in, in Wyoming, very successful detailer. He called me on that last episode. I was totally out of line. Totally. So it's not that you're going to, I'm not going to get past that. And every once in a while, my ego does take over. I, I really have tried to keep my ego in check. A lot of people see confidence. They'll see that in you. You know, you're a big dude. You're, you're buffed out. You're tattooed. They'll see you as cocky. You're not, you're the most uncocky dude that I've met. You're one of the most you're very sure of yourself and you're very confident in yourself. And I think you believe in yourself. That's what I see when I see Justin Lobato. A weak person will see cockiness or a person that just 
sees that your name's on stuff. Jealousy takes in. Anybody that would say that Justin Lobato's cocky doesn't know you is that you're very, I think that you're very connected with who Justin is, but more importantly, who Justin was and very, 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 very importantly, where, who Justin's going to be. Don't watch what I, I did. Watch what I'm doing and watch where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, you know, and not to speak on me, but you know, and I've seen that, you know, even when people, customers, clients come to the shop and they see all these things I brought from shows with my face on them. And some of them think it's like this self love, the kind of scenario. And it's like, these are just, the things they were going to throw away. I brought back to my shop to hang them up because I'm, I'm proud of it. And it's like, and I'm part of these companies and they get the, then I explain and they get the big picture, but right out the gate, they're like, Oh, your face is on everything. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I didn't ask for it. I was offered to me. It's not like I went out and said, Hey, can you put my face on this? Can you put my face on that? It was every, every opportunity that I've gotten. And you know, this, Randy, but for those listening, I have never asked for it. No, it's always been presented to me as an opportunity. Absolutely. And it's what I did with it afterward that made the difference. We've talked about that for almost 12 years of how Justin is going to happen to it. And here, people that are listening, this is what's cool about, about Justin and people like Justin. I think even, I'll bring myself in that loop. I told Justin it was going to happen. I said, listen, you've got, if you play this right, this is where, this is where you're going. I could see it, and that wasn't a credit. I wasn't going to mold him and build him. He's doing it on his own already when I met him. He just didn't see it yet. And, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, th- I don't think Justin still sees it. Is I, I, that's what's cool about him, is that Justin is he, – he, he's where he's at because he offered something. He's not where he's at because he hunted it. Is that he just kept going out and doing what he did best and then moving himself forward while he brought people along and helping other people figure out their journey. And it happened naturally. And, and it happened the same way with me and everybody. Great. I'll never forget this. If you guys don't know who he is, I want you to Google him, but I'll tell you a little bit about him where I learned how to push yourself forward. And that the, the person that taught me, listen, you know, what's wrong with your branding. That's what he goes. You're not on it. I want to see who I'm doing business with. And as a guy named Adam West, does that name sound familiar to you? Justin, original Batman. So yep. Adam West played the original Batman. And I remember going to his house and he had all these posters, you know, everywhere, not everywhere, but a lot, you know, of him, you know, in his career as Batman. Listen, Adam West, unfortunately, passed away. He was a great customer and a friend to both Diane and I. He showed up at our son's like sixth or seventh birthday party and signed autographs as the original Batman. I mean, this guy was just such a giver. And was he egotistical? No, he was very, he was a good looking guy. And he still spit game into his seventies. He was still spitting game, even though he's happily married. He, he, you know, he, but he was such a, uh, he was a cool dude. And he implanted on me. He goes, listen, uh, nobody, nobody's ever going to do what you're going to do in this life, but you need to take in, you need to put it out there. So other people know about it. He goes, I'm so happy that I got the opportunity to lead the world into Batman. And I was like, wow. And so, you know, I'm really proud that, you know, nobody else had done Air Force One before we did. Um, Nobody else brought, you know, if I was egotistical, I wouldn't put people on the front stage, you know. No. 
you put so many people forward. That's not egotistical that's it. at all. And, you know, I look at this picture now. If I was egotistical, is that when your opportunities came, I would have, I would have, I would have snapped them up. I would have, I would have said, oh, Justin, you can't do that. And I would have been a slime ball and went after him myself. No, I pushed that forward. We have a good friend of ours, Robin, you know, push her forward. Diane's doing a podcast now. Push. She didn't want to be in the, Diane hates speaking in front of people. And I've been after her for, even our kids don't know this, for 15 years, 20 years to go forward with me. It wasn't her thing. It just wasn't her. Well, now she's getting more comfortable all of a sudden. She hit 50 in, in that Carol Shelby statement came through. She's getting comfortable where she's at, right? And it's pretty cool because through osmosis, I've been a, 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 an influence on her. And through osmosis, she's been an influence on me for, you know, 20, almost 27 years. Um, so, you know, I, I just, there's a lot of things that you can tell a, the person you want to be is when a person comes with an opportunity and you do everything you can to help achieve that opportunity. And I'm not threatened by other people having an opportunity. I'm, I am, I rejoice when people go out and are killing it. What pisses me off is when they have an opportunity and they're doing half-hearted. I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go take that. You know, is, is if you, if you're doing it half-hearted, you ain't doing it right. You know, you ain't doing it right. And there's nothing that, 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 that guys like you do. You don't, you don't do anything half-hearted. You're either into it hundred percent, give your all, or you just don't do it. No. And that's, and I think all of this in, in, in what we're talking about too, is the reflection of the group and the mafia, because, you know, again, you getting loose with things you get angry at. It's, you know, even though you're the leader, it's still the, the, the soldier still bringing you back in to remind you of, what to refocus on and it works both ways and you as a leader redirecting the soldiers and it's been that way and putting them forward and putting everybody forward but also if somebody does get egotistical you that gets put into check and that is what i think encompasses the group to be as a whole to where there's so much care and love not just for the industry in the direction of the industry but how the industry is looked at because of how our actions are so keep that in check to make sure everybody's on point putting each other forward but helping each other and again, there is no other group that does that, especially at the at the magnitude of organization. Absolutely. And, you know, are we the best detailers in the world? No, man. There's some. Who cares about that? That yeah, is the there's, most. There's, there's so many. Statement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was just asked this not too long ago. So are the best detailers in the world in your group? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we've yeah. got some outstanding talent. Some guy, some some men and women that I yeah. put against anybody. I will tell you this. Our failure rate is 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 low in the industry. Yeah. I will tell you this: that our success rate is pretty high. I will tell yeah. you this, that our average income per hour is well above average. I will tell you this: that our lifestyles are above average. I will tell you this: that we we educate higher. We're on, we're online every single week with an event. I will tell you this: that our self support for each other when we when we face, you know, I mean, Kyle Clark. My mom uh, was, was, was Mormon. And when my mom died, Kyle came and did the graveside dedication. That's our group, you know, is that, you know, we, it's give and take. Um, I will, I will, I will share that the fact that is that not everybody is meant to be in, in our group, you know, is that if you look at our group is that there's a lot of military. Um, there's a lot of, former law enforcement. There's a lot of firefighters and there's some people that have done time either in jail or in prison. 
<laughs> I hate to say it. There's a lot. There's I don't hate to say it. I actually like this. There's commonality in all of those. Oh yeah. Because even the people that unfortunately went down a, a rough road, listen, man, I was, I was four toes in. Yeah. I was four toes in to going down. I mean, I could have easily, uh, my brothers went one direction. Um, I was pulled in another direction, but I was being pulled so heavily because I was so much like my grandpa into what the family business was. And had somebody not seen that, probably my grandma and not got me away from it, I would probably be on that group that did time. You know, I went on to be a reserve police officer. You know, I'm still in the, in the guard here in California, still do search and rescue my horse and I, um, but I could have easily fallen in the, in, into the trap of going down and had a, had a, uh, uh, maybe a violent life, you know, um, what commonality there is, is that when you have to go and do time, you're put onto a schedule. It's not longer your schedule. When you go into the military, you're no longer, you're put on a schedule. You yep. have law enforcement mm -hmm. or firefighting, you're put onto a schedule. Yeah. I think that's why our team does so well is that believe it or not, we've got a lot of discipline and not everybody does, but a lot of them that hang in there and they'll tough. We're tough. Each one of us are very independent of the other, of the other. But if you hang in there, you can, that, that discipline can become osmosis and you can gain discipline from being around. If my wife tells me, Hey, I'm going to go work out. There's no way I'm going to go or let her to go to the gym without me. It's not going to happen. And so, you know, having her as getting into fitness heavy now, it really helps me out because it's helping with my thyroid. It's helping with how my, how I want me to look in the coming year. It's helping with everything. It's helping with my longevity. I want to be here. I want to, I want to, I want to grow old. Steve yeah. Harvey said that old is gold. He is that I, I want to stay active. I want to stay, you know, I'm going to go see, I get to see my dad tonight. See, he's almost 84 years old. He still hikes three or four miles a day. You know, yeah. I mean, how cool is that? He's still, you know, just, he's still built, you know, he's still, he's still chasing. Life. He's got dreams going out 10 years. You know, how cool is that? I, I've never met I, Warren Buffett, man. I met Warren Buffett. You know, Warren Buffett was in his 70s when I met him. I think he's close to 90 now. Is if he's not, I don't even know how old he is. But man, he he probably had 30 years of plans in front of him. If entrepreneurs don't, you don't stop planning because you age. Unless yeah. you're not going to stop aging unless you die. So you better plan for the future, and you better take and an, and I look at these people. Hey, I never called somebody old. Never, 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 never in my entire life. I I took and still to this day have always taken and honored people with wisdom. Now there's some older people that are dumb as a box of rocks. And I still am, am very yeah. respectful to them, but you can be a 20 year veteran bragging about your 20 year veteran doing it like a first year rookie, but you could also be a first year rookie doing it like a 20 year veteran. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a statement right there. Right. Now, obviously, everything that you had talked about in regards to the Detail Mafia Group is a huge reflection of the detail training and everything that goes through. Now, before we are coming up to the end of, of the podcast, however, give a little information about how the five-day training works and, and the value behind that, because there is a lot of value in that training. And for that, I mean, it's, it's, it's I got to say, personally, it is a one-of-a-kind training. It's probably one of the most elite, most exclusive trainings in the North American market. There's no doubt about that. So give a little rundown on what you have to offer, Rennie. 
I was started out with saying it's very personable. What I say on, on, on Friday, after everybody's finished the, the 60 to 70 hours, right? We're at, we're at 65 hours, 65 or 70 on Friday night. We're having a homemade Italian dinner here in the shop. And I tell them this, listen, you just completed, you know, we've been pretty hard on you. You know, it's, it's not an easy week. The relationship just started. The relationship just started. Is that this last week was the, was the foundation for our relationship moving ahead. But really the work ahead is in front of us. Is that all I can do is make suggestions. You're going to have to make decisions. And so the, the training is vetted is that we've, we've, it's skill-based. Everything that we train is we're going to train you on some freaking amazing skills. Amazing. But here's the difference between what we see as training and what a lot, a lot of other great programs look, look at. We tie everything into profits per hour. Everything is because this is not a hobby. This is a business. And I don't want you to go through the hardships that myself and others have suffered through. I want you right off the bat to be as profitable as you can. The most, the biggest thing that's in common with people that come through the five day or even the one day extreme is they're not charging enough and they don't know what their costs are and they're not managing their money. They're not making their money work for them. And so we start right off the bat. We've had attorneys, you know, fortune 100 company attorneys just like a year ago come through training. They're getting into detailing. They're giving up their law, their law careers and, and, and coming into something they love. They're giving up the golden handcuffs and going into silver handcuffs so that they can actually enjoy life instead of being a slave to what they do. And so the training goes into, you know, some amazing, Diane teaches interiors, cutting edge interiors. Nobody knows it like, honestly, like we do. And we just teach at a different level. Um, paint correction, we, we, we work right now, we're, we're working exclusively with Porsche. Um, the paint's kind of sweet and sour. It's kind of, can be a little difficult to hold stuff in. So we don't train you on, on stuff that's, you know, we've got some hoods sitting over here. We teach you how to burn on the hoods. If you ain't burning, you ain't learning. Yeah. But we teach you some hardcore sanding techniques. It's the start. You've got a year or two or three. Listen, to become a master in anything, it's going to take you five to 12 years. You know, if you're going to be a master sergeant in the military, it's going to take you probably 12 years, you know, to get that. If you're going to become a mass electrician, two of my brothers are mass electricians. It's going to take you 10 to 12 years. If you're going to become a master plumber, my cousin's a master plumber. I've asked him all that. It's going to take about eight, nine years to become a master chef. One of my really good customers, world-renowned chef, uh, is trained in, in, in all over the world, all over Europe, stuff like that. It took him about 12 years to become a master chef. Where, here's the key, where he's ma making a significant living. Now, we've got one-person operations in our group that are killing it. We've got Doug Parfait. Um, I won't tell you what he's making, but he's, he's making a nice, nice little coinage, you know, for a one man shop. And he goes, yes, he is. He is. And he, and he, and, and he's got a nice pace and he works the way he wants to. We've got, you know, the Parker brothers out of, out of Arizona that are, you know, seven, seven figure company. And they've got a very, 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 very small staff and they're killing it. So we've got all walks of life and that comes out of the five day. And so it's not made for everybody. We've actually increased it this year. We're going to have we're going up normally only have 48 students a year. Um, this year, we're going to go ahead and do 56 students because of the demand so high. Um, and it's just, you know, we put everything. We don't count the clock. And a lot of trainings you go to is, you know, okay, it's 8.15. Here we go. Um, now it's, you know, 5.05. So we'll see you tomorrow. No, you're here sometimes at 6 a.m. So the job's done. <laughs> until the job's done. 
the cool thing is, is that, you know, it's, 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 everything's included. All you have to do is get here. You pay for the flight. We put you in the hotel. Uh, we pick you up at the airport and we feed you while you're here. The only thing you'll have to do is if you want to go out for breakfast, um, you'll have to do that on your own, but we do have uh, carb-free, calorie-free uh, donuts uh, and croissants in the mornings. I just highly recommend the Teddy Bear Cafe. Just yeah. wake up early. They, they open at seven, not six. As I yep. rolled up there, and they were yep. still closed. Yeah, might meet some bears or coyotes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Megan from Auto uh, Geek got to see our local population of coyotes. Uh, and, and right now, we've got our population of of uh, wild donkeys that are ro roaming around. And we do have you know bobcats, mountain lions, everything else. We're in the mountains of Southern California. Big Bear is a lovely community. Our shop, you can see it uh, here. It is. Um, and so, you know, the training is something that I want to tell you, I get a huge kick out of it because it really is the launch point for people. Our average student that comes through has got 10 years of experience. But usually in the class, we always have one person that's never touched a polisher. And what's cool is nothing against the experienced people. But by the end of the class, the brand new person's got pretty damn close to the same skill level sometimes as the experienced person, because We've been able to calm down the experienced person and then really bring up the other one. So, you know, we really teach, you know, we, we go into, like I said, profits. Then we have the one day extremes. We just got done with that last Saturday, you know, it's 70 students across the country. Uh, you're one of our training centers. You and, you and Mark split time because of your schedule. Um, so we had 70 people, you know, come to training this last Saturday across the country. And again, not everybody's going to be able to go into a five day. It's not, you know, it's not a, it's not a cheap program, nor do we want it to be a cheap program because of what, you know, the value we get. It's an investment. It's a good investment. Oh. And, and so the one day is a great way to work into that. But, you know, here's even a fact right now is that, you know, I, I'm not perfect match for everybody, you know, in our training program. The key to this is that you go get trained. And, you know, I would just tell you this, look at who you're gaining the knowledge from and look where, they're at and where they're going because there's a lot of BS out there right now. There's a lot of people churning and I hate to say this, but, but where they've been in order to give you that knowledge. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of people right now. The trend is that I'm seeing people that were not successful in business and they're trying to set up training programs. I'm seeing people that have not paid their taxes in years, but they're paying, setting up training programs. I'm seeing people that have only been in the industry for one or two years and now they're wanting to teach you how to become successful. That's great. Problem is we've got a decade where we haven't faced any financial hardships and you're going to see the survivors come out of the pack and you're going to see the week go away. I hate to say it is this next slowdown is going to be a big one because we have trained our, we've trained a whole generation of entrepreneurs, not just in the detailing industry. Uh, it's been an easy street. Not that the entrepreneurship's easy, but I hate to say it. It's, it's kind of like, like shooting fish in a barrel right now. You know, it's the easiest I've ever seen to be go become successful. Now, surviving that when we see some hardships that are coming, inflation's on the rise. We got a war going on. We got all these different things. We've got some stuff happening. We're going to start seeing some people, you know, COVID, the opening weeks. We didn't know what the heck was going on. I didn't, you know, none of the world did. Yeah. But what was a short term problem that we weren't sure of ended up being one of the biggest booms. Uh, for our industry ever. I've never experienced the growth and seen so much growth in my life in the industries we did over COVID. Like you said, when the struggles do happen, that's what the term business has no emotions. So don't feel bad if it, if, if it, it hurts and it cuts dry because 
that's what preparation is for and, and good business tactics, plans and things like that being set forth to make sure that it's not foolproof, but at least you can survive. Well, you know, and people have been asking me, I mean, you know, the war, anytime there's a war and it's sad to see what's going on because we've got friends that are in both countries, you know, and it just, God, it just breaks my heart, you know, because I've been over in the region and, you know, I've got, I've got good friends, um, you know, it just, it just sucks. But people have asked me, especially in the last week, you know, what should we be doing? I, I tell you what I'm doing now, and I've been doing it for a long time, but even more so now is I'm taking my, anything I can cut that's not a need, that's a want right now is I'm pretty much cutting it out, you know, is that I'm, I'm just buckling down just in case, you know, um, I'm not stopping on my, you know, day-to-day -day spending, you know, but I am, you know, I'm not going out and look, it's really easy for me to go out and look at, you know, a fancy new car. Um, boy, would I like it? Yeah. But right now I want to see what happens, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just holding back and going to see, uh, putting money away. Money, cash is king. When we go into a slowdown, it's actually an opportunity to get wealthier if you've got money put away is because real estate is going to become, there's going to be some bargains out there. Cars are going to become a bargain. You know, a lot of things are going to become a bargain, but you got to have the cash to make it. First time you got to have the cash to survive. And yeah. if you've got that money set aside and your, your monthly nut is pretty small is you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely. And then for those that don't, don't give up your dreams, go out and get a, a, a go get a main, a, 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 a 40 hour job and keep this as a side hustle until things turn around. Don't give it up. Just shift, just shift gears is that it's going to all change. Whatever you got to do, survive it and, and go, but stay out of debt. I like that. That's a good, I would say that's some good words of advice because that's what we're my next asking of you would be is some advice, but I think that hit the mark for us. So coming up on time, um, as far as finishing out with the podcast, Rennie, how would people get a hold of you? Uh, maybe mention Chris to get a hold of him for their five-day training, but how would people reach out to you if they want to know more about the training and getting involved? You know, uh, Cindy, uh, uh, probably if you're going to do it because uh, my schedule is so hectic is that if you want information quickly, the best way is going to be is email. And that's going to be Chris at detailingsuccess.com. Now, if you've got a comment and it, you just want to say something, you know, is, is send me an email direct. Um, you know, unfortunately, I get a lot of people who ask, hey, can you mention me? I've got 200 people in our group that I mentor. But what I can do is, you know, we, we, we do a podcast. We do a, I do a, a message uh, every Sunday over on the PNS um, uh, Instagram account. Um, we're, we're really kicking into high gear. Uh, our videos, how to's and support videos on Instagram and Facebook. That's going to be your best way. But if you've got something going on, it's Rennie, R-E-N-N-Y at detailingsuccess.com. And then our website, detailingsuccess.com. And then Detailing Success over on Instagram and Facebook. And then Rennie Doyle on Instagram. And so, you know, on Instagram, I really, it's kind of a, a mix between, I love my dog. I love my horse. I love my wife. I love, you know, I, I really, I love to see people from, so it's cool to watch your detailing page, but if you've got a detailing page on Instagram and you don't have a personal one, I, I'm going to challenge you to change that. Go get a personal one too. Cause I want to see, I want to, I want to see you from the inside. I want to see the raw you, not just the detailer you. And, and so if you want to see the raw me, that's where you see it. And some people say, oh, it's boring. I don't care. That's who I am. Yeah. And I like to be in snow. I like the outdoors. I like my dogs. I like my horse. I like weird things. I, I posted up pictures of snowflakes the other day. Uh, cause I like snow. Um, I just, you know, I, I want to see people for who they are. I love nerdy people. You know, I like, I like, I'm a star Wars fan, you know? Um, and so it's just that that's how to keep in contact. And, you know, 
exit out of here is Justin's great. You know, Justin, having me on is an honor, but you doing this with everybody that you've had on and everybody you will have on is absolutely huge. Um, and especially at the age you're at, you guys want different. I've always had different mentors. Um, I'm very careful who I let into my mind. I always have been, yeah. is, you know, you have to be. I look at people and, 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 and I want to duplicate them. Are they a good man? You know, not, not a perfect man. Cause I'm, I'm imperfect. I've already admitted that, but are they a good person? And have they faced struggles and been able to get through it? That's what I've lived through is because I myself had had struggles and I'm going to have struggles and I know I'm going to have to learn from others. It's funny because we had a group here this weekend, mostly, you know, new detailers. And I took a whole page of notes from them and they're brand new because they all had something in their personal life in a, a way they did something professionally that I admire. So that's what you look for. Awesome. Well, no, and I appreciate you having you on on behalf of myself and Buffer China. I mean, this is something obviously with our personal relationship over the years, I could have, you could have been episode number one, but it's, that's the thing. It's not, it's not about that. It's not about getting the clout, the glamour and everything yeah. behind this. It's, yeah. This is for, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not worried about being the number one podcast out there. This is just for giving back, getting people to know people in the industry. This is, so it's more familiar. It's, it's family, it's business, it's detail. And it's just getting to know and have an avenue for that. And that's where, you know, with us, this is something that it's, I'm glad it's happened because this is episode 64. This is over, gosh, almost two years, a year and a half, almost two years worth of doing this. And you know, you have a podcast. It takes a while to get that momentum of, having guests and then getting and continuing to have guests. But yeah, you're right. I, I'm just happy that I've been able to meet and talk to people and have friends and family on that I could just chat with and enjoy an hour out of my day to be able to do that and get information across to others to get them to know who these guests are like yourself. Now, it's pretty cool. And, you know, our, our podcast is shifting gears back before COVID. We, you know, we had this plan and idea with, with our podcast and COVID kind of shifted that, right? So starting really next week, what I'm doing is people that I've been able to meet is we're going to go outside of the industry. And so we're going to still be catered towards the industry. But what we're going to do is good friends of mine. I've got a, a good friend of mine that's owned one of the most successful um, um, supplement stores in, in California. His family's owned it for generations. He just wrote a book and he's going to come on. I've got good military friends of mine that I've served with or, or people that just served um, that are going to come on and talk about longevity and survival instincts and everything that relates back to business, but from their experience for taking it from military law enforcement. And I've, I've got search and rescue personnel coming on. We've got mental health experts coming on. We got all of, we're shifting back to our original format. And it's again, exactly that. I, I, I'm never going to be Joe Rogan podcast. Neither one of us will be. It's not the aim. No. It's make a difference one person at a time. Bingo. Well, Rennie, thank you. And on behalf of Buff and Shine, thank you. And everybody has had the opportunity to take out of their day to listen or later date. Uh, again, this is Reflection Artist Live, episode number 64 with Rennie Doyle. So, again, everybody have a great day, Rennie. I'll talk to you and enjoy your time. Yeah, Justin, Camping. thank you. Buff and thank you. You guys rock and appreciate the opportunity. We'll see you next time. All right. Take care. See you, buddy. Thanks for tuning in this week to Reflection Artist Live. We hope you had fun and learned something new. If you missed an episode or are looking for more, check us out on our social media or podcast platforms. And join us next week when we have another amazing guest. Don't miss it. We'll be talking business, life, and detailing.
Also, don't forget to check out BuffAndShine.com for a variety of buffing pads and accessories for your detailing arsenal.